Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Coffee and Company. Fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. All right. Five o'clock hour here on a Wednesday afternoon. Coffee and Company. That's us. We're fueled by Thornton's. If you were looking for uh, something to really get the taste buds going, something that might make you sweat a little bit, people are into that kind of stuff when it comes to food. I am not uh, the biggest fan of hot stuff. I like a little bit of kick, but nothing crazy. And that's why Thornton's, they know that. Thornton's knows there are folks that really, really like to basically set their mouth on fire. And with that, they can get the extra spicy chicken sandwich or biscuit, which is very spicy. Or if you like a little bit more on the mild side like myself, you can go with the buffalo chicken burrito. Keep Thorns in mind, lunch, dinner, snack, whatever. They've changed the game when it comes to gas station, convenience store food. You can get in, you can get out, something to eat, something to drink. And with the self-checkout, let me check this out. We went this morning with my wife and... uh I was taking my son to daycare, and the donut uh, business that's near our house was closed. I guess they're closed for the week because of they're going on vacation. And my wife was taking my daughter to uh, to work with her so my mom could come pick her up. So we actually met. I mean, if, if Thornton's ever wanted proof that we are fueled by Thornton's in the coffee household and the coffee family, we un it wasn't even planned. We ran into each other at Thornton's. Think about that. That's what happened. It really happened. So we're there. And look, kids, they're, you know, they, they, you, you don't get in many places in and out quick with kids, especially mine, because they get distracted. They don't go in, they don't do anything fast. And, um, we were though, because we grabbed the two slushies for the kids. They got a donut. Um, I think my wife got herself something to drink and we grabbed it. We, we did the self checkout. We were probably in there. Three minutes tops. So again, keep Thorns in mind. There's nearly 60 of them in the Kentuckian area, and we are proudly fueled by Thorns right here. Coffee and Company, Sports Talk 790. All right, 502-653-0790 is the number if you want to text in. Again, it's the LNN Federal Credit Union text line. As uh, It's quite clear Louisville football fans, I think, are understandably salivating for this new era that is here, and that is Jeff Brom. And I think we were so excited right out of the gate, the fact that Jeff Brom was home in Cincinnati. We thanked them. They did us, uh, I mean, Satterfield talking at the Big 12 media days. I haven't seen anything, but I just get, I can't help but seeing things that make me so excited that Louisville football's here and that there's actually real expectations in year one. And I also can't help but see things about Scott Satterfield that just Make me very happy he's no longer our coach. That's mean, I know, but it's not personal, but it's just the truth. I mean, it was last week finding out he is one of the worst coaches in college football against ranked opponents, and now I see the Big 12 Media Day schedule of all their coaches that are going to talk, and I think, man, it's nice we don't have to listen to that guy at the podium anymore. And it's not like he would be, you know, a jerk. He's just blah. And to be fair to Jeff Brom, 
he's not somebody that's out there, you know, going to give you some crazy, fiery quote. But, you know, he's our guy. He wins at a high level. He's fiery. He gets the fan base. And I'm sure he'll say some things when he talks at the ACC media days, whenever that is, that'll get fans excited. But anyways, here is sort of where we have uh, where we've been today, if you're just not joining us, when it comes to Louisville football. We will discuss the Top Gun video that, of course, got everybody all horned up. I wanted to be, you know, as aroused as you guys because... You know, you see somebody having a good time, enjoying something, you want to enjoy it with them, right? It's human nature. Someone who's never seen Top Gun, therefore I've never seen the actual scene that they're replicating, I, I, I just didn't get it. Didn't mean I didn't think it was, you know, a great production, but like... John, you can attest to this. Like, if you've never seen the movie, you don't know what the hell they're doing out there, yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> it, it doesn't look like something. I mean, you wouldn't know what it's from. You would think, like, okay, like if they didn't, if they didn't. Sh- I'll put it this way: if they didn't do a really good job of putting out like the teaser and the graphic and calling it like a film, you know, Top Gun card something or whatever they called it, I would be watching that and thinking, "What the hell is going on?" Here. But if you've seen the movie, and a lot of people have, and it's insanely popular, you probably loved it. But anyways, with Louisville football, we were so excited that Jeff Brom was here that I don't think we really talked a whole lot about early expectations until like now. And slowly but surely, as we grind out this long summer waiting to actually see this team on the field— you can no longer convince yourself that people aren't giving Louisville. And I don't know if anybody would, to be honest with you, because with Jeff Brom, he's going to embrace expectation. And we're going to do that as a fan base, right? Like, there's going to be teams that come in here, and Louisville is probably going to be underdogs at some point, right? Like, let's say when they get Clemson on the schedule in a couple of years or something like that. Like, Louisville's going to be underdogs at that point, probably deservedly so, depending on how things shake out. But, like, we'll have some confidence about ourselves because our coach will. That's just sort of how we're going to operate. But with with Jeff Brom now, the schedule setting up the way it does in year one, like there's no scenario where we could position ourselves as if nobody was giving us a chance to be good and that nobody saw this coming because, I mean, the evidence has been there seemingly like every other day of somebody objectively speaking about college football, not a fan who's looking at the schedule thinking, hmm, there you go, that's... It's a pretty manageable schedule. These are objective folks that work for outlets like the Sporting News, 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports, and then most recently the Action Network. And they think Louisville is in line to have a really good season as far as wins and losses. And it's not going to take away the joy if, in fact, they do end up having a phenomenal season where they get to maybe nine wins or something like that. But what I don't want people to do is to see what came out today from the Action Network and, like, Let's not make this unfun, if that makes sense at all. Like, let's enjoy this ride and know that it's new. But let's not, like, say, okay, Charlotte or bust. Because that's, one, not fair. And, two, like, that's no, I mean, I've only been married one time. So, therefore, I hope I never have another honeymoon. (laughs) Hope that my honeymoon was the only honeymoon that I had. But honeymoons are fun, right? Because it's new, it's exciting, it's a big deal. That's what I want this season to be. But it's kind of slowly but surely hitting me right in the face that outsiders do have legitimate expectations for Louisville. And, you know, if I'm going to be honest, when I look at the components of this Louisville team and improvement in the coaching department, really good talent in the portal, some talent coming back that you like, 
a schedule that is super manageable, it's hard for me not to say, okay, yeah, honeymoon's off, guys. Let's go out here and do something crazy this year. I'm, 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 I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I really am. But I'll go back to what I've said throughout not only the seven months or so that Jeff Brom has been here, but I said it before he was the coach here. The ceiling is just higher with Brom. You're going to embrace expectation, and I love that. That's what I want. You're not going to have Jeff Brom have a losing record in three seasons and and then say, well, we went to a bowl game two of the last three years. Like, no, that's not what Louisville football is, and that's what Scott Satterfield did. So, I mean, John, you are forced to at least, you know, have headphones on and listen to me for three hours every single day. I mean, you've heard me say it. Like, I'm trying not to get excited and not to, like, have, you know, super high expectations, get my hopes up, but, like, it's seemingly be it's harder and harder by the day. I know it's it's insane that it's it's difficult to avoid the hype train at this point. I, I think I've told this before too. Like I was in a similar position when Indiana was coming off the 2020 year. Oh, and I guarantee I got it. So excited. I guarantee it. And people were talking about, will they compete for the Big Ten East? It was all I, new to you, right? Yeah, and in, as an Indiana football fan, I had never experienced that, and I may never experience it again. And it's one of those things where, like, Don't say that. But I mean, we, you've said it before. You're the, you're the one who keeps me grounded, Nick, with Indiana football. But I'm not mean me. about it, am I? Oh, no, you're not mean about it. You're just – you see things from an objective lens the same way that yeah. I see things with Louisville from an, obje- yeah. an objective lens. But with when Indiana went 2-10, and 10, that was one of the most deflating things. And when you think about what the expectations were, that you're like, man, how could – how did we ever get ourselves that high when the reality was – not nowhere close to that yeah and that's why because if you are i mean you guys have probably i don't know maybe you haven't been on social media much today because you have jobs and you don't have a chance to check it out all that much but the the latest in regards to louisville football that's got everybody all excited is that there is a writer who i'm convinced that nobody's ever heard of until today i consume a lot of sports gambling content because I bet on sports a lot, and I've never heard of this guy. Doesn't mean he's not legit. When I say I've never heard of him, I guess there's no way to say that without it sound like an ins- sounding like an insult. But Colin Wilson is a senior writer for the Action Network, and he went through and on paper looked at schedules for all college football teams and determined how many games each team is expected to be favored in. And Louisville is one of five teams that, according to Wilson, is going to be favored in all 12 of their games. Let me be clear. Louisville's not going to be favored in all 12 of their games. They're not going to go 12-0. and We all know that. But just seeing that, it's another another one of those reminders that there are there are legitimate expectations. And I don't mean legitimate expectations at 12-0 and or anything like that. And as I said throughout the last couple of hours, this is, gonna, this is one of those things Louisville fans are going to talk about. And Louisville fans, I'm warning you. I'm just wanting you to be prepared. Kentucky fans, if you're listening, you know that I'm right. This will be one of those things that Louisville fans talk about, and it's going to turn into Kentucky fans claiming that Louisville thought they were going to go 12-0. and And we know that they didn't. It's kind of like the 40-0 thing for Kentucky basketball fans. I mean, they did come really close to going 40-0. But, like, I don't think many Kentucky fans legitimately enter the season thinking at any point they're going to go 40-0 because, you know what, that's, like, really hard to do. When's the last time that happened? Never. I mean, Indiana was the last team to go undefeated, right? Yeah, but it was twenty-seven and no, no one had ever gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so yeah. It's just, it's, it's not real. But then again, like when when Kentucky loses their first game, 
and typically it's been in the Champions Classic. What do you hear from Louisville fans? Mocking them. Oh, 40 and 0. Like they didn't really think they were going for it. It's what rivalries do. It's what rivals do. So I, I don't, I'm not complaining, but like, again, we can have the legitimate hype. We can have the, you know, we can all be jumping on board this hype train and now not only being excited, but actually having expectation. But like, let's be clear nobody thinks they're going 12 and 0. And again, they're not going to be favored in all 12 of these games. I, I, I'll eat my sock if they're favored in all 12. Because just think about how, I mean, I know they only have three true road games, and that is a real, I mean, that's that's a big, that's one of those things that, like, I keep throwing out the schedule as, like, the real, the big reason why people think Louisville's going to have a pretty damn good record this year. It's mostly the schedule. But one of the things that's, I guess, included in that that I didn't realize until actually looking at the schedule week by week on paper, they only have three true road games. They will play at Miami. They will play at Pittsburgh, and they'll play at Raleigh. That's it. They're going to play Georgia Tech and I mean Georgia Tech and Atlanta and Indiana and Indiana and Indianapolis. Those are technically more so road games than home games, but I do think it makes sense to be neutral. I have no clue what to expect for Georgia Tech as far as a crowd down there on a Friday night. A lot of things to do in a big city like Atlanta. Georgia Tech, last I checked, doesn't move the needle, so therefore if Louisville has a good crowd go down there, they may be the home team. I don't think that's crazy. Indiana, John, what should we expect from Indiana in, in Indy? I mean, I mean, it's all going to be based on – I mean, so Indiana will be coming off of week one with Ohio State at home and then Indiana State – right before they face Louisville. And if if they put on a decent showing against the Buckeyes, obviously don't expect them to win that game, and then dominate Indiana State, I mean, there might be some expectations, maybe not to win against Louisville. But, but do they go? Like, do they go? Like, does this – because I feel like if when Indiana basketball plays in, like, an MTE, like, yeah. they're going to have fans there, right? Like, like they'll travel to Madison Square yeah, Garden yeah, for yeah. the Empire Classic. For Indiana football, it's all just based on how they look. Yeah. Well, and it's close too. Like, there's probably a ton of Indiana fans who live in Indianapolis, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like, it would give them a reason to go watch the Hoosiers play, where they don't have to drive to Bloomington, although it's not that far away. So, I don't know what to expect. But yeah, Louisville schedule is, in my opinion, the biggest factor in why there's expectations this high. I mean, I'm scared, John. Because I don't want to be let down. I know. I it's, went, it's a I tough went place in, to be. I went in thinking, like, look, expectations for Brahm in year one are going to be like seven and five, maybe eight and four, because it's year one. And he was going to go eight and four, and we would say he's ahead of schedule, and that would be the honeymoon. But now I feel like we're going to – and I, I don't think that people are incorrect in saying, you know what, listening to all this noise out there about – what's expected from Louisville from objective people and looking at the schedule and knowing that we did in fact take a step up in the coaching department with Jeff Brom I don't think fans are in the wrong in saying man eight and four like I think I'll be disappointed if they're worse than that like I get it I, I I'm, I'm with you and I just didn't expect to be here but again all in all just knowing you're going into a season with legitimate expectation and legitimate excitement yeah there's the pressure to actually meet it because again if you don't, it's going to be a real punch to the gut. But, man, it's been a while since we were in July and Louisville football had real legitimate expectation for their program in football. Like, thought they were going to be pretty damn good. I know 
you might have convinced yourself last year and the year before that, but I'm not sure how many people really believed in Scott Satterfield and his ability to take a big step here. I think after Sat's first year when he won ACC Coach of the Year, you went 5-3, and three and the schedule was going to be weird because of the pandemic. Like There was excitement then, but it was different because the biggest talking point about college football was not about any team. It was about, are we going to actually be able to have games? So I'm here for it, but... Remember, there's no vaccine for brown fever. That's right, and, I, and if there people was, aren't wearing masks. If there was, I wouldn't want it, and it's spreading like crazy. I don't. I, you think that's what's actually in that? They want to catch. You think that's actually what's in that smoke that we're seeing all over oh the place? Oh my gosh! That's could you probably imagine? what it was? It's probably not from the wildfires. It's probably, I mean, again, brown fever is everywhere. All right, so can we talk about Twitter really quickly here? I, I don't know exactly what happened over the weekend. But I opened up Twitter at some point, and it led to everybody acting as if the app was going to be done. And apparently screenshots were being shared from people who were showing that they could no longer access any tweets, any of their own tweets. They basically were locked out of the app. For what reason? Do we know? I mean, I don't even... I, I, I know Elon Musk had some kind of an explanation there was something, and while you're looking up, there was something that he said about people having tweet limits. Rate limit exceeded is what it was. Okay. So, yeah, here's what it says here. Verified accounts can now read 6,000 posts per day. Unverified accounts can only read 600 posts a day. And the new unverified accounts, 300 posts per day. After that, users will get a message that says rate limit exceeded. Musk has said that limit will soon increase to 10,000 for verified or 1,000 for unverified, but they're dealing with some kind of a, I guess it depends on who you talk to. Apparently, there's this bill that he hasn't paid to Google or something like that, like cloud servers or something like that, which would make some sense as to why this just out of nowhere, like clearly this wasn't something he was working on. I think he's scrambling trying to keep this platform together as best he can, but Whenever he bought it and it became official and there was a strike, you remember that a few months ago, John? Yeah. That's the last time we had this conversation. And it was a, it was mind-blowing to me how many people truly feel like their life would be so much different without it. Now again, that's not to say that like there hasn't been a like there hasn't been some benefit of it from you, but like I'm trying to think of the right way to say this without sounding mean. But, like, I was sad for people who legitimately felt like, you know, without Twitter, like, they don't have a purpose. Who are they going to send off their 140-character messages to? Like, it was sad. I've used Twitter for years, and it's been beneficial as far as reaching people. And I guess what it all comes down to is just me having – and, again, I'm, these are things that I'm supposed to know and I need to know for sake of my job. But, like, Twitter is a humongous echo chamber. There are countless of ways you can determine that. Like, and by the way, that's why when you were on Facebook and Instagram or whatever or TikTok, you didn't see people bringing up Twitter because they don't care. They're not on it. But people who are on it and active on it, it's a constant for them. And John, I think for both of us, given what we do, it's it's. I mean, we'd be foolish to not be on it when it exists while we do what we do. Yeah. But like. I mean, if it's for leisure, like if I if I wasn't in this business, I probably wouldn't have a desire to use Twitter. Totally, totally agree. Now, 
I I may because like you do get like it's the first place to get sports info yes. news. But like I'm talking from like the people who are like, like the fan aspect of Twitter is something that I just don't dive into very much because it's just a toxic wasteland. But like you know, I here's what if I didn't work if I didn't need it for a, for a, my job and career and that kind of stuff, I would have an egg account and just follow who I think literally is going to put out information. Does that make sense? Yeah. That I that I would that I would care to know that kind of stuff. And there's probably a lot of people out there who do who use Twitter that exact same way. But it kind of confirms something that one of our higher-ups here said at one point, this was years ago, is that in, in the talk form, talk format, like not just sports radio like this show, but like just talk radio in general, on-air hosts find themselves literally doing their show to Twitter. Like that's who they – because it's a constant. You're always reading it. You, it's the quickest way for somebody to actually reach you is to DM you or tweet at you. And because it's such a constant thing, you you get your mind wrapped in that being your audience. And it is the smallest audience you have. I mean, if you just think about all these listeners out there that you could grasp, you start – you know, let's say they all tune in to you at the same time, and there's 20 of them. You just start yapping about what you saw – from some knuckleheads on Twitter that nobody like 17 of those people aren't going to know what the hell you're talking about. And they're going to move on. But you know what? The three people will, they'll interact with it and people just get lost. Like traditional media platforms, like radio, like television, like websites. I don't know if that's considered traditional, but you know, it's not newspapers necessarily. They become way more valuable without Twitter because if nobody can just be yapping and sh- I mean again, like it's Twitter's made it to where you can get all the information that you want from somebody's website in a tweet. Meaning, like whatever the article says, people will screenshot it, people will read the tea leaves, and like if 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 people had to actually go to websites to actually get stuff instead of Twitter.com or Twitter's app, it would it changes how you monetize everything. I'm nerding out way too much on it from like a business standpoint, but like. I just couldn't believe how many people legitimately like it, it. It would it seemingly would ruin them if they didn't have Twitter. And I'm like, if that's your biggest platform, like not to say it doesn't have value because if you've got you know fifty thousand followers or something, then hell yeah. But like, do an audit. I mean, hire. I mean, there are people who do who who there are people who will do this for you if you pay them, and maybe you don't want to pay them because you don't care. But like, if you have fifty thousand followers on Twitter, and you've been on Twitter for I don't know ten years. There's a really good chance that 65 to 70% of those followers do not exist on this app anymore. Not to say they're bots, they're not fakes, but they just they got on Twitter and got off because most people did. The sports fans stuck around. Apparently, like sports is big on Twitter. Apparently, wrestling's big on Twitter. I'm trying to think of other spaces out there, like niches of Poli- thing. political Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, definitely. That's probably the biggest, I would say. And that may have been why a lot of people got off yeah. several years ago. Yeah. So, and another thing, like, I don't know enough about Elon Musk to defend him or say he's an awful person, but, like, he bought the company. He paid way too much money for it, but, like, he could kind of do whatever he wants with it. He owns it. Like, I saw a local meteorologist here in town. Like, uh, Twitter can cool it with the... What do you call it? Exceeding 
whatever. The tweet limit or something. Yeah. Twitter can cool it. People rely on... If you're relying on Twitter for your weather stuff, and that's not to say you can't get information. And Actually, meteorologists are big on Twitter. That's another one that are... I mean, like... Twitter is not a is something that like we're just like we are owed to have like it's is it the same meteorologist you always rag on? Oh no no, I, oh, no it's trust not. me trust me it was not okay yeah wow. it was a different guy who was like uh, excuse me they can cool it with these rate limit uh, exceeding rate limit there's there's potential severe storms that people will not be like that I don't know I'm again I'm, I'm gonna be mean and I want to be mean I don't want to be mean today. All right, let's take a quick time out. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, apparently, I don't know how this has not um, this has not been worked out just yet. But Kentucky, they've got games coming up. The basketball team in Canada, very jealous that they get to have a summer trip because I'd love to see this new Louisville team play. I think, as I've said many times, I think they really missed a great opportunity to get fans excited about this upcoming season. Where you go out of the country, you go somewhere, you play. I don't know five games or something like that. It would. I think it can only help you. But nonetheless, Kentucky fans still don't know if they're going to be able to watch them or not, which is kind of crazy to think this, this, I mean, I think it's next week. So we can take a look at that. And I have another prediction. Actually, it's a prediction you you guys have heard me share before, and it's starting to become like a popular prediction among others. And I just want it on the record that I was out in front of this before most people because I feel really strongly about this. I'll tell you what it is coming up on the other side. Coffee and Company, that's the name of the show. We are fueled by Thorntons, so don't, so, you know, keep that in mind as I scramble here to try to make sure my sound's ready. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. We're pathetic. You oh. know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. Join, give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. I feel like the last couple of times Kentucky basketball's taken a trip in the summer. It's been on the SEC Network. This game, or this time around, uh, it will not be. They will be, in fact, I don't know if it's going to be on, I can't imagine it's not going to be on one of the ESPN family of stations, probably ESPN Plus, where you just stream it, which is probably how we're going to be watching every game 10 years from now. But um, Matt Jones, within the last few hours, put it out there that, uh, that yeah, quote, I still haven't gotten any official word on whether the games in Canada will be shown here. I'm assuming they will since they air in Canada, but there is nothing certain yet. So, yeah, I... It would be wild for them not to have the game on just the stream. or But maybe, I don't know, maybe Canada has some kind of access to it that they're not going to show it here. But anyways, what I wanted to get to really quickly is because John Calipari said this on a uh, at a press conference on Friday, which again, another example of you get to talking about newcomers, it's going to get fans excited. And I just think Kenny Payne could do that, but he doesn't want to um, because he actually has good players that are here that we're excited about and he could make it even more uh, of a of a push 
to get fans enthusiastic, maybe get season ticket sales up, that kind of stuff. But he just doesn't he doesn't want to do it. But either way, John Calipari said something about Reed Shepard. And it sounds like as they've been preparing for this trip to Canada, Reed Shepard has played well in their workouts and in practices. And I, I've said it since he committed and probably before that. Reed Shepard is not going to Kentucky just because he's from I mean, he's I mean, clearly Kentucky had a leg up when getting him because his father played there and also his mother was a big athlete there and he did in fact grow up in Kentucky. But he is not your typical kid that ends up at Kentucky because he's pretty damn good. And oh, by the way, Calipari knows fans want to keep a kid in state if they can. He's really good. I think he will my prediction is that he will be one of their best players this year. He's gonna play a lot of minutes. Um I think he'll have the ball in his hands a lot. I think you may see times where I mean he's such a great passer and he's probably not, you know, the electrifying playmaker that a Wagner or a Dillingham can be. But I wouldn't be shocked if you see Reed Shepard running the show a little bit and letting those two guys play together off the ball. And obviously they're going to play Reeves a lot of minutes too, but it sounds like Shepard's really, really been a been a bright spot for Calipari. And the only thing, in my opinion, that'll keep that kid from because but again, Reed Shepard's not going to appear on NBA mock drafts, at least not, you know, right now. At least not that I've seen. And Calipari is 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 typically, you know prone to play guys that have that early buzz. I mean, that's just what he does. And you know what? It it gives you a chance to get more of those kind of players if you throw them out there, and that's what he does. So I can't think of the last time. I guess the last time Cal played a freshman that, in fact, let's go back even further. John Calipari, and I could be wrong, and I'm not a – Kentucky fan that remembers it as well as you guys do if you're a Kentucky fan, but I'm pretty sure Quad A Green came in at the same exact time as Shea Gilgis Alexander. And Quad A Green was clearly not as good as advertised, wasn't a terrible player. And Shea Gilgis Alexander was better, was making the team better, was playing better. And I think it took Cal to like midseason to finally realize, all right, we gotta, we gotta hand the keys to Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's not necessarily this five-star McDonald's All-American lottery pick guy, at least at the time he wasn't, but he's our best guard right now. And it ended up working out great where Shea ends up being, I think, a lottery pick, and I think he was just recently All-NBA first team. So I don't predict that Reed Shepard has the Shea Gilgis-Alexander blow up, but he'll be ready to play. He's got such good basketball IQ. He's a great passer, can shoot it, knows who he is as a player. And I'm just curious how many minutes he's going to end up getting. I say I think he'll end up playing a lot as a freshman, but that's just me basing it off of the fact that I know he can play. But you got a crowded backcourt, right? Like you got three guys that I think most people just think for sure are going to get more minutes than Reed Shepard, and that's Dillingham, Reeves, and Wagner. And then Adu Thiero. You know his position, John? I keep hearing about him, but I don't really know if he's like a wing, a guard. But looking at Kentucky's roster, yeah, I mean, they've got, yeah, Thierro is a 6'5 combo guard. And he didn't play, like, maybe that's the prediction I'll make. Like, I think he will clearly play more minutes than Adu Thierro. But again, that's probably not that bold of a prediction to, you know, to throw out there. But all the other guys they're bringing in, they're not guards, are they? I mean, let's look here. In the... 2023 class. Edwards is a wing. Bradshaw, of course, is a center. 
Burks is a wing. Oh, Joey Hart. I'm pretty sure Reed Shepard will play more than Joey Hart. But, yeah, I mean, Wagner, Reeves, Dillingham are probably the guys you think most of as far as who's going to get the bulk of the minutes for them. But I think Reed Shepard will be good enough to play a lot. And, like, because Dillingham is a pre, you know, top 40 player kind of guy, um, or top 20 player, and he was, you know, at one point I think he's ranked in the top five. I think it may sound blasphemous to some, but I wouldn't be shocked if Reed Shepard has a bigger role than Dillingham. Like, I think he's that good. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, where do we want to go? Oh, you want to talk? Uh, I don't want to make you sad, but I think this next thing I wanted to get to might make you sad, John. Oh, will it now? I don't know. You're pretty, you know, sad is probably a stretch because, you know, I don't think you take it that serious, but I've got a list here that features Indiana, and it's not a fun list. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it. Power five teams with the longest drought of not winning nine games in the regular season. There's actually only one power five team that has never won nine games in the regular season. And, and John, it's not Indiana, so you're off the hook there. Okay, that's some good news. This might surprise you. Think of like the worst teams historically in the Power Five. Kansas is one of them, but they, they've they had a really random good yeah, year in 2017. Yeah, with what's I don't 2007? The name, yeah, but. the big guy. It's Iowa State. Hmm. And that is interesting to me because like before, what's his name? Matt something. Matt Campbell. Yeah, Matt Campbell, and he's been he's one of those guys that he's been he's been all right. But he's been really good for Iowa State. So overall, you know, he's 32 and 31. They were they're coming off a couple of bad years, but like, yeah, their best season, they won nine games in 2020, but again, the ninth win came in a bowl game. And I do think that's a big difference because like seven and five, and then you get your eighth in a bowl game, like it just, you know, even if it's a meaningless bowl game, there's just something about saying you won eight games. Same thing for nine. So Iowa State is the only Power 5 team that has never won nine regular season games. You also have to keep in mind, years back, you didn't play 12 regular season games. It was 11. But the uh, others with the longest drought is Vandy hasn't won nine regular season games since 1915. 1915. 1915. <laughs> and then the Indiana's at number three because they haven't done it since 1967. Might have been their only Rose Bowl because they did go once. Yeah. And then, so wow, this is crazy. And, and again, credit to Mark Stoops because I would love to know what Kentucky's. I'm going to look this up because Kentucky would probably be because these these teams that I'm mentioning, I mean, it is absolutely the bottom dweller of Power Five football in my lifetime. Like Vandy, Iowa State, Indiana. I mean, these are schools that like you think of when you think about how you know the bottom of the barrel. Iowa State, Vandy, Indiana, and I think Kentucky probably would have been on there because Stoops won ten. But before that, when did they when did they win nine in the regular season? I'm gonna look it up because I'm just curious now. So Kentucky's the last time they won nine in the regular season before Mark Stoops was in nineteen. Well, they won nine. In 1984, but their ninth came in a bowl game. So you got to go back to 1977. That that team that you know I think claims they won a national championship and they really didn't. 
So again, that's the Stoops effect. Like they're they're out of the you know they're out of the they're no longer you know they had two ten win seasons in the last five years. Other schools like since two thousand, Purdue and Maryland have gone nineteen years without winning nine regular season games. Cal has gone sixteen years; they haven't won it since two thousand sixteen. And um, Kansas, Illinois, last one in twenty seventeen, and then Boston College and Texas Tech haven't won nine regular season games since two thousand and eight. So Again, all those schools mentioned would technically classify as, I think, being sort of bottom of the barrel, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's fair. Like, who's the best of those? I would say recently it's probably Texas Tech or Iowa State. Yeah. But Iowa State, again, we're comparing Iowa State to, like, the old like the, the, the traditional Iowa State that really stunk. You know, Purdue made the Big Ten Championship game. Like, those are, job, those are programs that, like— you don't like you leave if you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's hard to probably sustain that. I think Matt Campbell stayed too long at Iowa State. I think, I think he probably should have left after the 2020 season. And I think maybe he probably thought he was going to get a bigger and better job. And since then, they've actually been pretty underwhelming. How many wins Indiana getting this year? As we get closer to the season, John, I want to see if your enthusiasm and your excitement. And your confidence is rising because I mean, it usually does as you get does. closer. Like, I'm definitely fan. hopeful. I don't want to say confident because that just sounds. I don't want to sound delusional, but I definitely think there is a path to six. And I hate that six is. I guess I just have to accept it. Six is just the the standard for Indiana success. Do you think until they you got otherwise. jaded by the t- 2020 season? I just one thing that I think a lot of people didn't realize, especially myself was how big of a factor Indiana's offensive coordinator at the time was now the head coach of Washington. I don't know why his name is escaping me. Oh, that's the guy who – so that that I didn't even know that was the connection as far as the quarterback that went there. Yes, that's why he went there. Penix. Penix. Yeah, Penix. And so Indiana had an opportunity to find, like, the right guy to replace him, and they hired from within Nick Sheridan. And, and he it fell was, apart. Yeah, he was a disaster. And so the offense has never really recovered since then. So – Five and seven back to back years. No, I, I would say, I mean, really, in your adult life, Indiana, more often than not, has been like flirting with bowl games. So that's why I don't think you're jaded necessarily. I mean, I'm sure you remember, like from 2017 to 2020, that's four straight years. It's not as if you guys did anything crazy, but like even the five and seven seasons, you were that close to going to a bowl game, which was, you know, good for Indiana. Yep. But since then, it's been, you know, two and ten, four and eight, and. Well, then they had they had the eight win, one eight win season, eight and four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm forgot. Yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah, the, they bef- went. That back. was before the COVID season. That was considered. So you know, you know again, nobody's gonna throw a parade, but back to back five and seven, eight and five, and then six and two, like that was a big deal for Indiana. Yeah. And then it's just not gone well since then. I promise we'll stop talking Indiana football. Quick time, I will come back and say goodbye. Stick with us right here, Sports Talk 790. It's kind of nice getting out of here feeling like a Monday, knowing that it's, you know, it's not. It's Wednesday. Only two days left. That's right. That's right. All right, so uh, Joey Chestnut, the man who put an insane amount of hot dogs down his throat yesterday, uh, he won by eating 62 hot dogs and buns 
and that is uh, 1,214 total hot dogs he's eaten since 2005 when he appeared for the first time in the Nathan's annual hot dog eating event. Um, that's more than 600. That's over 680 more than any other competitor during that time. Each hot dog and bun is 290 calories, which adds up to over 352,000 calories taken in during his uh, his run. He's won 15 of the last six years, and uh, as ESPN lays out here in this story from uh, Tim Cavanaugh, Jeremy Willis, not even sure who they who they are, but they. Uh, they survived the ESPN cuts, and now they're writing about a guy eating hot dogs. But either way, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just, I guess it's just the, maybe it's the traditionalist in me at times, but like comparing Joey Chestnut to actual like you know legendary athletes. I said this at the beginning of the show for those who missed it. Like, are we doing that? Like, really? Are we joking? Like. Anyways, we are out of time. You guys enjoy your evening. We are back at it tomorrow. Reminder, we're going to have our Jack Plummer conversation for you guys right here. Sports Talk 790. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.